Hello, and welcome to the Anti-Fragile Tarot Podcast. I am your resident card slinger, Susanna, here on another Witchy Wednesday. And today's topic is one that I have some personal experience in and is pretty near and dear to me. Today, I would like to discuss being interested in tarot or other kinds of occult or witchy subjects when the people in your life are not so receptive to it. So I mentioned this before, I've been pretty lucky personally. My parents were very witchy themselves. My dad described himself as a pagan Jew. I inherited a lot of tarot cards from my mom and she got me my first deck. So I never had the issue that a lot of people have, which is that their parents are opposed to their interest in this kind of thing. But I did kind of not study as much for a couple of years right at the end of high school between personal issues and, you know, my rebellion against my parents was moving away from the occult, not being more interested in it. So that meant that I made some friends who were kind of your standard, you know, very anti-theist, you know, former Catholics or people who just thought that anything resembling witchcraft or woo was, you know, unacceptable. Um, And these are people I really love and respect and who usually I think respect me. So it's been a little bit of an adjustment since I've gotten back into doing tarot. Um, I, I never went too far away from being into neo-paganism or witchcraft. Uh, I do consider myself secular, so I don't quite consider myself pagan these days, but I didn't make it as much of a big deal for me as it once was. And I didn't read tarot cards for a couple of years at all, even though I was still, you know, kind of paying attention to it a little bit. Um, So there's a few things I would like to discuss today. Um, First and foremost, if you are a teenager living under your parents, you need to do what you need to do to get by. Um, I'm not advocating that you do anything that's going to get you in trouble. And this also goes if you're not a teenager, but you're also still living with your parents, as many people have to do these days or choose to do. That was never really an option for me after my teenage years were over, but I, you know, if it had been, you know, I would have maybe had to figure that out. And if you're in a similar position, your safety and your, the roof over your head comes first and foremost. That said, um, There's a lot of ways that you can practice while being in the broom closet, as we sometimes call it, because there's there's often an overlap. A, there's an overlap in the witchy community with the queer community. I myself am bisexual. And you know, it's kind of funny. There's there's people I can be open about my tarot card reading with, but not my bisexuality. And it usually doesn't work in reverse, usually if I'm open with someone about being bisexual. I can be open about my card reading, but they may not like it. Um, they may have a lot of criticisms of it. And, you know, it's it's totally valid. You don't have to like everything. But this kind of thing is, it's a hobby like any other. So assuming that you're just dealing with people who 
don't like it, not people who have power over your life who are, um, you know, making it so that you really need to be careful. There's different ways that you can practice without rubbing this in people's faces. Um, first and foremost, don't talk your non-receptive friends or family members ears off about this kind of stuff. I know, especially if you're just getting into it, it's really exciting. You want to share everything. You, you don't know why everyone doesn't do this. But, you know, think about it like, let's say someone that you know gets really into running. I like to run myself slowly, but I run. People who are not into fitness do not want to hear all the time about your running. So, you know, the occult is kind of the same thing, if not even more so because it has all these connotations. Find people who you can talk to about this kind of thing. Um, If you're lucky and you live in a metropolitan area, if you're listening in the New York, New Jersey area, you know, there's a lot of occult shops you can go to. You know, look look up in your town or your city if there's any crystal shops. There's often some, even when I go to visit my mother-in-law in Florida, there's a little crystal shop that I go to. Um, I'm not super into crystals, but I think they're pretty. So there's that. Um, you also might want to start looking online. Facebook and Tumblr have some of the best witchy groups that I've come across. Um, I'm in this really large chaos magic group on Facebook. It's pretty contentious, but it's, you know, still pretty cool. Um, Tumblr has a really great variety of people to talk to. And Reddit also has some good communities. Their, their paganism community can be a good resource, especially if you're more pagan than witchy. The Reddit the tarot subreddits on Reddit are, they're okay. Uh, there's a lot of people asking for free readings. But, you know, the thing with communities is that they're really only as good as what you're putting into them. So the best way to have the community you want is to start making the community that you want. So finding online community is really useful when you are, as we sometimes call it, in the broom closet because it's a way for you to connect with people even if they're not nearby. Um, And the little shops, you know, in New York, we have Enchantments. We also have Catland in Brooklyn. These are places that have group rituals. They have classes. The classes can be a little pricey. Uh, Not everyone has that resource. You also have Botanicas. Uh, Depending on the kind of practice that you do, you know, make sure that you're, you're not intruding onto a closed practice. But for some of the basic spell stuff, the botanicas are actually pretty cool. As long as you're, you know, being cautious if you're trying to get into any Santeria. Um, It's really a a closed practice, and I would recommend not intruding on it. But you have to do that at your own discretion. And if you are uh, in that practice, you know, by all means... But they also have a lot of just regular spell ingredients for you to work with. And they like your money. I like supporting places, especially Original Botanica. They have great deals on candles. So checking out your local shops is a really good idea. Um, Checking out online, as I mentioned. There's also little everyday things that you can do to be more in tune with your craft. So... 
First of all, if having a physical pack of tarot cards is going to be a problem for you at home, I suggest that you look into getting a tarot app. Now, as I mentioned, I, I did a whole podcast on this the other day. I know that tarot apps are really contentious for a lot of people. And don't get me wrong, I vastly prefer reading with a physical app or a physical set of cards. Um, yes, I guess you could call it a physical app. With a physical set of cards, whenever possible. I, it, I do feel more connected to the cards. I like it. But it's not always possible. And frankly, with how many tarot card decks I have, um, it's probably smarter at this point for me to do more apps because it's a pricey habit. So an app is a really great way to read tarot cards without the people around you getting freaked out by you having cards. Let's say you are living in a group home kind of situation or you're transient and you have a phone, but you don't have that. You may also want to consider, especially if you're living with parents, um, having a friend hold on to your cards for you. As long as you trust them and they're safe there, I mean, you can just go over and play with them when you can. The apps really are good, though, because there are so many different kinds that can help teach you, especially if you're lacking that physical community. So you can kind of teach yourself with those apps. I really like the Labyrinthos app from Tina Gong. You can find it on Android and iPhone. Um, and it's totally free, which is really cool. You can get physical things from the web store to help support her. But um, so the apps, the online communities, those are some things. You also should look into more everyday witchcraft. These are things like making making your shower time kind of a time for you to practice witchcraft. You can, you know, write charms or sigils on yourself with your lotion and rub it in. You can use the shower as a cleansing time if you, you know, say a chant. Uh, I do have one friend who has to keep her practice on the more low-key side, and she definitely makes her bathroom her her kind of altar space because she can have an arrangement of a whole bunch of stuff that she knows is witchy, like seashells and flowers, but other people looking at it may not know. So there's that. There's also the fact that you don't need to get spell ingredients for, from a fancy spell store. A lot of them are analogous to, or actually part of, you know, edible herbs and plants that you can get at any supermarket. Make sure that if you are brewing anything for your consumption, you're getting food grade stuff. Please don't play around. But that's kind of the nice thing about getting your spell ingredients from a supermarket is that if you're getting them from the herb section, they're they're meant to be eaten or drank. So I actually did that for a New Year's cleansing bath that a friend of mine shared with me. Um, so that's a really good way to feel connected because if you have a spice cabinet full of spices, no one is going to look at that twice, especially if you like to bake and cook. So if you cultivate an interest in baking or cooking, you know, that'll help mask your, your witchy intentions. I also have a wooden spoon. It happens to have a pentagram burned onto it, but you don't need to have one that's that obvious. I have a spoon that I use to bake or cook things with my intentions put into them. So that kind of everyday witchcraft 
is a really good way to keep your practice low-key, keep your practice personalized, and also keep it away from prying eyes. Now, your issue may not be so much one of, you know, needing to keep your practice secret, although again, you need to do what you have to do. And although I've, you know, as I mentioned, my parents were really cool with this. My my parents and I also hit some hard times when I was a kid and we wound up homeless and having to stay with whoever would take us in. So my mom and I wound up with some really Christian people and they were so Christian that we couldn't even have a menorah to celebrate Hanukkah with. So we certainly weren't about to set up a witchy altar. But, you know, we we did things as as under the radar as possible. You know, we started using action figures or other kinds of non-denominational figurines to stand in for gods and goddesses. Um, we used electric candles instead of physical candles. And that's a really good one, too. You can get electric candles. They're not always the same, especially if you're trying to do a working that involves leaving something on, leaving a flame on until it's burned down, especially if you're trying to actually burn things in the flame. But if you're doing a working where you would be turn, you know, snuffing a candle yourself anyway, you could also just leave the, the electric candle on until the battery runs down. Although I would assume that that would be a little bit longer than a flame running down. So you would want to experiment with that. But as I mentioned before, techno-paganism is or technocraft is certainly a valid form of the craft. Um, but let's assume that you're not in a position where you have to hide what you're doing. Let's assume that you are just in a position where your friends are being rude to you about it. Well, first of all, besides not shoving it in their faces that they're not receptive, I would definitely try to have a talk with them about respecting your interests. You know, I don't love DC comics the way that my best friend does. I'm more of a Marvel girl personally. But, you know, if she wants to show me a video of a fan-made Nightwing TV show, I'll watch a couple episodes because that's what friends do. So, if you're talking to your friends about a cool new tarot deck that you got, especially if it's at all relevant to their interests, like I once sold a tarot deck of mine to one of my super atheist friends, but it was a vampire deck and she likes vampires and she thought it looked cool. So, you know, it's nice when your friends are interested in that kind of thing. Um, and if your friends are giving you grief, I would I would remind them that they should respect you no matter what. Um, I also would definitely suggest that you not give up your interests just for your friends. Especially with tarot or witchcraft, these are things that historically are about taking back power. They're about having agency over your own life and your own outcomes and i you know i had kind of a rough childhood and 
for a lot of reasons, I don't always trust my own instincts. I don't trust my intuition. Connecting back with tarot cards, reading for other people especially, I have learned to trust my own intuition again so much that I've been able to pick up on things in other people I previously wouldn't have been able to. Now, for me, that's not really a woo thing. For me, that that's pretty much a psychology thing. But our instincts, our our um, reactions and reflexive instincts, they exist for a reason. And that reason is usually to keep us out of danger. Pardon me, I'm actually, this is my second time recording this podcast episode. Pardon my sniffles because I was really sick earlier in the week when I recorded it. So, um, yeah, these are, these are different ways where, you know, you need to start doing what makes you happy. And it's okay if you have different interests from your friends. Um, I love to run. I'm super into a lot of things that my, my husband or my very best friends aren't that into. You know, my husband doesn't go to concerts with me. My very best friend is not a runner by any stretch of the imagination. But I have other friends who I connect with about these things. And that can be the same thing for your witchcraft. Um, for me personally, I... Um, sorry, I'm also corralling a kitten. I, uh, have my, you know, my friends, especially my, my closest friends, usually show up to my tarot events at least once in a while. My husband will pop by, he'll bring me some pizza, because reading for other people is a lot of work sometimes. It takes a lot out of you. It certainly takes a lot out of me. I'm probably the most extroverted introvert you'll ever meet. So... You know, and my, my other best, my, my, one of my best friends, you know, she almost always, whenever, whenever possible comes, helps me set up, helps me take down, also gets me food. Can you tell that I like food? But I also have some other friends who, you know, I consider them good friends, but they've never shown up to one of my events. And that's because they're really not into this. And for some of them, they're also, you know, they're very Christian and this doesn't really fit into their worldview. So, you know, I don't really hold it against them. Um, I just don't expect that they will ever be, you know, into this and that's okay. But if it's my birthday party that they're coming to and I have my cards and I'm reading for other people, you better believe that that's going to be okay with everyone around. And if not, then you don't have to be my friend. So that's about where I'm at with that. Um, you know, my final suggestion here, and this is something that's really not going to be feasible for everybody. I know that. And I'm not pretending that it is. But if your, if your situation is so hostile to who you are, whether it's because of your interest in the occult, or whether it's because you're queer or, you know, you're just around a lot of bigots in general, um, you really should look into moving away from where you are and to somewhere that is more diverse, more more hospitable for you. Um, again, I know that this is not 
an easy thing for everybody to do. I'm not pretending that it is. But ultimately, you will be a much, much happier person if you can. You know, that may not, that doesn't necessarily mean moving to a big city or moving across the country. There are places that are going to be more tolerant. But in the meantime, you know, there's, there's a lot of steps that you can do. There's finding friends who are more into it. There's going to the internet. And there's, you know, doing, doing little everyday things that are, are less obvious to others but are still meaningful to you. Now, I can't really help you if your idea of magic means that you need to be donning ceremonial robes and doing you know, week-long workings in a public space and your living situation is not amenable to that. Um, at that point, I think you either need to move or then you're, you're, just, you're just, you know, out of luck. But for, for a lot of us, I think for anyone who's taking me seriously at least, you know, I would assume that you probably have the same kind of hedge witch bent that I do. You've got to you've got to go with the flow. You've got to do what you can where you can. And there has never there's never been any religion, I don't think, that's ever, you know, that's never experienced any kind of persecution or places or times where it's not welcome. Um, you know, Christianity is certainly not an endangered religion. It's certainly not a minority religion in America or in a lot of places, but there was a time where being a follower of Jesus Christ would, you know, was, was something you had to hide. So, you know, I think that that feeling of needing to figure out how to keep your allegiance to whatever deities you serve, if you do serve them, or figuring out how to keep up your practice and, and nature worshiping, um, I think that is something that if you do work with deities, they will understand because you will not be the first practitioner or first disciple <coughs> who has ever had to, you know, kind of do a workaround. Um, but if you're also, if you're doing this for yourself, if you're doing this from a, a kind of parapsychology um, kind of uh, pop culture paganism, you know, hedge witch bent. Uh, if you're doing it from secular witchcraft in particular, and you're trying to you know, do well by yourself, figuring out ways to keep your practice low key is not only a good practical idea, but I think it's actually going to be really beneficial to your craft because there are going to be times where you need to make something happen and you don't have all the resources at hand. You know, you want to read tarot cards and you really need a decision made right now, but you don't have your deck on you, so you turn to an app. You have a job interview coming up, but the moon is waxing. I'm sorry, the moon is waning. And you know, normally you would do a, a job search thing during a waning, during a waxing moon. Oh my God, I'm getting... This is the problem when, when the words sound so similar. So, you know, basically being able to perform magic on the fly and cast your spells 
during whatever circumstances you've got, I think ultimately that is a more valuable approach than doing things strictly when you're supposed to be doing them because life is never that perfect. Again, you may come from a very different paradigm where that kind of loosey-goosey flexibility is not okay and it's not going to get you the results that you want. And that's fine. Um, I'm just probably not the right witch for you to be listening to. But for those who do believe similarly to me, um, I think it's definitely something that you should consider. So I think that about wraps up for today. Um, I hope that this is useful to you. Feel free to email me with any experiences you may have had. You can reach me at antifragiletarot at gmail.com. You can also leave a comment here or hit me up on Instagram at antifragiletarot or Facebook at the same. Um, Just a friendly reminder that any of the groups or places that I've mentioned or services that I've discussed in this podcast, I get no sponsorships. I'm not getting any money for doing them. I'm recommending them to you simply because I think that they're great or I've heard that they're great. And I hope that you like them as much as I do. Um, If you have questions about any specific things, as far as Facebook communities go, I really recommend Tarot Nerds on Facebook if you're into tarot. One other thing I forgot to mention. um, One thing that I have, and no, I'm not inviting anyone to it, is a secret Facebook group. We have have about 50 members at this point, and maybe about 10 who really regularly post. Um, I co-mod this secret Facebook group for people who are into witchy things, but don't necessarily want to share it with the rest of Facebook or even a more public Facebook group. So if you've got a few friends who you know are into this kind of thing, especially if they're similarly minded to you, it wouldn't hurt to make a secret Facebook group that you can all discuss this kind of thing in. So as far as a more public group, Tarot Nerds on Facebook is fantastic. Um, And on Tumblr, you can find a lot of resources. I really like Ask a Secular Witch. Um, She's also called Sec on on Tumblr. But if you look up any particular kind of magical practice on Tumblr, you'll find somebody who shares your views and you can decide who you want to follow from there. Um, And again, I really love the Galaxy Tarot apps, the Labyrinthos app, as well as the Golden Thread and uh, Luminous Visions, I think. I think it's called Luminous Visions Tarot apps. Those are all by Tina Gong. Um, And the Fool's Dog apps, which are a really great way to get decks that you like for a little bit cheaper. And keeping them on your phone means that they're away from prying eyes. Of course, if someone who does not approve of your occult interest is paying for your phone bill... I would exercise caution in downloading these apps, especially any of the paid ones. I would certainly stick to the the free ones if you're not paying for it with your own money. So I hope this has been useful to you. 
I hope that you don't have to hide your craft too often or at all. And I hope that you have a witchy and or wonderful week. I'll see y'all next week. Have fun.